for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, the 49ers had the ball and a 10-point lead with just under 12 minutes to play in Super Bowl 54 last night. And then it all fell apart. We missed some shots tonight, you know, just uh, some plays that we usually make. But um, yeah, it was a tough one out there. Niners beat writer David Lombardi joins us to discuss what went wrong and what could have been as the quest for six continues. It's Monday, February 3rd. Well, David, two years in a row now, Jimmy Garoppolo's season has ended in devastating fashion against the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, obviously, the ACL. This year, a loss in Super Bowl LIV. As the Chiefs' confetti was was raining down on the field last night, what were your initial thoughts on what might have been? Well, it just all happened so quickly in that fourth quarter because at the end of the third quarter and into those final 15 minutes, the thought starts creeping into your head that the 49ers have completed the remarkable turnaround from 4-12 and 12 to a Super Bowl championship. You feel that they are on their way to winning their sixth Lombardi trophy because they had done everything according to the blueprint, according to our breakdowns of, of what they would need to do to win the game through three-plus quarters. They were holding Patrick Mahomes to his worst performance of the season, maybe even the worst performance of his career through three-plus quarters. They were displaying perfect balance on the offensive side of the football. Jimmy Garoppolo was 17 of 20, an 85% completion rate after three quarters. He was highly efficient. You know, until the fourth quarter, he was the far better quarterback in this game. I think his rating was 100.8 and Patrick Mahomes was 49. So, I mean, everything was happening according to the blueprint, but but we saw the Chiefs do what the Chiefs have done to other opponents a little bit earlier in games this year, and that's turned into the 2015 Warriors. They just Mm -hmm. hit you with that flood. The dam breaks, the flood ruptures in, and then everything went wrong for the 49ers. And it's really hard to, you know, in this day and age of social media where everybody feels that much better about pointing a finger at one thing. You know, there's people that are saying, oh, it was Robert Sala. It was the defensive line. It was Kyle Shanahan. It was Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, guess what? You know, every single component of this broke for the 49ers in the fourth quarter. If we want to talk specifically about Garoppolo, he was, I think, 3 of 11 in the fourth quarter for only 39 yards. If he delivers one sustained drive or one more throw, like the one to Emmanuel Sanders that he missed, then the 49ers likely win the game but you could say the same for the defense if they hold on a third and 15 which they've held almost all of this season uh instead of giving up a a broken play toss to Patrick Mahomes down the Tyreek Hill 49ers also likely win so the point is that every single part of this fell apart for the 49ers in the fourth quarter and because of that it was very shocking because it was a blur and you go from your sixth title to heartbreak in in about 10 minutes now let's talk about some of the the moments the sequences earlier in the game because as you and I have discussed over the past couple of weeks obviously it's easy to point to the final 15 minutes because as you mentioned that was the blur that felt like it led to the end result but there was moments before then and the one that stood out to a lot of folks in the first half was first half winding down 49ers have the ball Shanahan doesn't use a timeout and then Kittle gets called for that offensive pass interference talk us through that series and what you saw well, this is what Kyle Shanahan saw. He, he thought that he had the better team in this game. And it, I think the Chiefs, actually, in a really funny way, 
with the way that Andy Reid called the first half of this game or this entire game agreed. What what we saw was fascinating. The Kansas City Chiefs were trying to shorten the football game by running a grinded-out offense. You know, we're so used to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid just rearing back, airing it out, ripping it downfield, and, you know, playing that explosion ball. But A, they couldn't do that against the fresh 49ers pass rush because uh, Mahomes would have gotten killed back there. And B, they really didn't find it in their best interest to, to even try that. And they instead reverted to this style of football that's, you know, was more plotting like the 49ers in a divisional round against the Vikings. They were gaining, mm-hmm. you know, f- four yards running the ball. They were averaging, I think, 4.5 per play. The Niners were like 8.5. They were way more efficient. But what happened was that the Chiefs racked up a much higher play count than the 49ers. So it was really clear to me what Andy Reid was doing. He was trying to, you know, just inflict body blow, body blow, body blow. And then ultimately he would capitalize on the death by 1,000 paper cuts by unleashing Mahomes when the 49ers were tired at the end of the game. And that's obviously exactly what happened in the fourth quarter. But that's the context in which Kyle Shanahan made his decisions at the end of the first half. The Chiefs already had 10 to 15 more plays than the 49ers at that point. The the defense was already getting tired toward the end of that first half. Shanahan saw what Andy Reid was doing, and there was no way in hell that he wanted to give the football back to Kansas City, which is why he played the end of that first half the way that he did. And you know what? It's hard to argue with with the results. The 49ers drove the ball down to the seven-yard line anyway, and the only reason they didn't put up points and not give Kansas City the ball is because of a pretty questionable offensive pass interference call. So at the end of the day, they came out in the second half, took control of the game, just like Kyle Shanahan expected them to. I mean, he played that very confidently. He played that as if his team was in the driver's seat, right? He thought they were going to get the ball back, and they Mm -hmm. opened up that 20-10 to lead. So their defense also made plays in the third quarter because they were rested. Soft shell coverage now. Third down and 12. Mahomes fires, pass, pick. Warner got it for San Francisco. Tyreek Hill was the target. Warner had one interception during the regular season. His biggest here. And that was all a byproduct of Shanahan making sure they'd be rested at the end of that second quarter. So uh, that was his thought process. It was complicated. And I don't think it was in any way related to the collapse at the end of the game. I think it actually is the reason why the 49ers were able to put themselves into position to close the game out in the fourth quarter. But that's a separate issue. They weren't able to do it because Andy Reid's ultimate game-long strategy prevailed. Yeah, and that was so interesting, David, because as you alluded to a number of times in your previous answer, I mean, the third quarter was... 49ers firing on all cylinders. They outscore KC 10 to nothing. Was it fatigue, the biggest difference between that 15-minute stretch and the 15 minutes in the fourth quarter? Because it was night and day. Yeah, so it was interesting because of what Shanahan did at the second quarter to make sure to protect his defense. What he did is he parlayed that with the longer halftime and the fact that the 49ers got the ball first in the third quarter to give the defense about an hour rest. You know, if you just look at actual clock time, Mm -hmm. I think they were off the field for about an hour. And it's no surprise they came out firing in that third quarter. That's when we saw the Fred Warner interception. That's when we saw them really start to get to Mahomes, who had to drop back a bit because the 49ers had taken a lead. And, And then that carried over into the fourth quarter. You have to remember that the Niners were up 20 to 10, and then Tarvarius Moore got the interception. Mahomes pass behind and picked. Intercepted by the 49ers. 
off the arm of Tyreek Hill and into the arms of Tarverius Moore. I know that's going to hurt 49ers fans to hear, but they had everything going their way in this game. But then the dam broke. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's a fool's errand and it's irresponsible to point fingers at one thing. But I could guarantee you that the play count was part of the collage that sunk the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. The Chiefs had gotten enough of their, their blows in to tire out that 49ers pass rush. They had also schematically been able to probe and see what would work downfield, and they are able to uncork that one huge play to Tyreek Hill. Chiefs need some Mahomes magic. Launches down the middle. Hill open, caught, and they get it. Kansas City, the big play. Defensively, uh, they were able to assert themselves in critical spots against the 49ers' biggest weakness, which is the interior line. We've seen the 49ers struggle against Grady Jarrett. We've seen the 49ers struggle against Aaron Donald. Well, uh, the, one of the big three as far as elite interior linemen in the NFL goes is uh, Chris Jones and the Chiefs, and he single-handedly rescued a mediocre Chiefs defense yesterday by batting down two Garoppolo passes at critical junctures, and mm. that's how you rush for 6.4 yards per carry and lose. Like It's unbelievable that the 49ers rushed for 6.4 and lost, but that's how disjointed the offensive performance was at the end. Well, and that's one of the things that, that people were, as I'm sure you know, tweeting a bunch towards the end of the game. Run the football more. Run the football more. You're doing it so well. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I didn't think that the play, that the play calling was bad. There's nothing in a vacuum when you look at it. Yeah. There's no sequence that was wrong. Again, it goes back to the disjointed nature of things, and part of that falls on Jimmy Garoppolo. Part of that falls on Kyle Shanahan. But again, it's not just a one- or two-person thing. I think a lot of it falls on Joe Staley for a huge fall start when the 49ers were still rolling they had a chance to deliver the dagger there was a third and nine that I think Garoppolo would have had a very good chance to convert considering that he had converted a third and eight on the drive before to Kendrick Bourne to set up the touchdown but Joe Staley committed a false start made it a third and 14 you don't expect any quarterback to convert a third and 14 even Patrick Mahomes who obviously had a big one yesterday but uh, that was just a situation that wasn't going to work for the 49ers Emmanuel Sanders had a huge false start so you had all of these negative plays thrown in you know and there were just wrenches and the 49ers offensive effort that even though it was overall efficient you know you know statistically it wasn't able to produce the desired results because it was you had the penalties and the mistakes coming at the wrong mm-hmm. time, so they weren't good situationally. And yet, still, with all of that said, David, two thirty-nine to play, Jimmy and the offense are running out there with the ball at their own fifteen-yard line, and I was just flashing back to the conversations that you and I have had about all the connections with this team and previous teams, the connections with Miami. Did you go there too, as the Niners were running out on the fields with with two thirty-nine to play down four? You had to. They were driving from right to left, according to the TV angle, which is the very same way that Joe Montana was driving at the end of the 1988 season. They were trailing by four, which is the the amount of points the 49ers were trailing the Bengals by. Earlier in the game, I, you know, I was surprised at how, how good actually the, the access was at the Super Bowl. I think it was because most media members didn't know 
where they were allowed to go or, or not. But up until kickoff, <laughs> I just hung out right by the locker room. So I was hanging out with, with Steve Young and Keena Turner, and they put on 49ers jerseys, and they opened the doors to the locker room. I mean, it was, I was right there, and there, there were like three other media members at the, at the Super Bowl, right, where oh, you expect thousands of them. Yeah, so I got a really cool video, and you know, I was talking to Steve Young, and everybody was getting chills down there because it, it, you know it, that, that was 25 years to the Super Bowl where Steve Young won the MVP, and you know, it was this huge full circle moment for him, and there was really that feel that the 49ers uh, this season were going to historically – close a lot of the the time arc as it relates to their past franchise glory so it it only felt right that you know for the 49ers that Jimmy Garoppolo would be able to come through in that situation a situation in which he has come through this year against better defenses against the New Orleans Saints defense for example but um it, it it just again it was disjointed to the point where on that third and ten when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders, you'll notice that George Kittle didn't even run out for a pass. He he was into pass protect, and that's your best receiver. And I know the 49ers have done that before against the Rams on those third and 16s, but that's a sign that things aren't going well as far as protection up front. That's a sign that Chris Jones was having too big of an impact on this game, kind of like Aaron Donald was having too big of an impact in December. I know that time Jimmy Garoppolo made the throw to Emmanuel Sanders, but this time he missed it. And the point is, if your top receiving target, your first team all pro is not running a pass pattern on third and 10, it, it's a sign of much larger issues that the 49ers are going to have to address this offseason because you're putting way too much pressure on a precision deep pass from Garoppolo to Sanders. So the quest continues, David. You've been awesome all season long. Thank you so much for your hard work. Hope you can get some sleep. Thanks for your time today. All right. Thank you. So there won't be another championship parade here in the Bay this week, but I think it is worth remembering, especially today. This is a team that won just four games last year. They went 4-12, and 12, and last night, man, were they close to lifting another Lombardi. I know that in some ways that makes it hurt more, but turnarounds that quick are rare. Chemistry like this team and staff have is rare. As head coach Kyle Shanahan alluded to after the game, this squad is just getting started. We'll lick our wounds. We'll get over this. Um, we'll be fired up for next year. We've got a lot of people coming back. Uh, I think we surprised a lot of people this year. Uh, we knew we had a good team, and you know I'm very proud of the guys and how much better they got throughout this year. And expect to get almost all these guys back and plan on adding a few more. So we're going to rest a little bit, get over this some, but we are we'll be very fired up for next year. For now, congratulations to Andy Reid and the Chiefs on winning their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. Giants beat runner Great Brisbee swings by to discuss Barry Bonds coming up short in the Hall of Fame vote yet again. We'll also check up on the current iteration of the Giants and the A's with pitchers and catchers reporting before we know it. We'll talk some Warriors, Sharks, and Quakes too. And on our next show, our Super Bowl discussion continues with Niners beat writer Matt Barrows. All right, that's your update for today. If you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. Your support truly is what keeps us going. For all of us here at The Update, ugh, tough day, right? Appreciate all of you tuning in. I'm Kate Scott. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.